Hey everyone, just a few things we want to cover before we get into today's week two preview episode. Number one concerning the York Laurier story that we discussed coming out of week one, which was that since Laurier had set a separate mandate from the OUA in terms of when they required players to have their second vaccine, this led to uh, members on both sides of York and Laurier, but I believe more on the York side of things, have to miss their first game of the regular season. Um, Part of that story that we learned from the York side of things was that York didn't learn about that mandate until the night before, but we have since been reached out to by a representative from Laurier indicating that their policy was in place since the 9th of September, so clearly not the night before, whether or not knowing it on the 9th of September would have been enough time for all their players to still get their second dose, I don't really know, and frankly, not to underplay the significance of the the loss of that game for the players that had to miss it uh, and whether it played a factor in Laurier beating York in the grand scheme of things like I said not to underplay any of that but ultimately at this point kind of looking to just move forward from it if there's anything else that comes up as a result of this we'll obviously discuss it but we're never really looking to take sides one way or the other with these schools if York and Laurier have an, have an issue with each other they can deal with it themselves um you know, of course, if, if we ever want to turn this into a debate show and have uh, two sides come on and, and we can discuss it that way, we can totally do it. But I'd say moving forward, we're just going to keep covering the football unless, like I said, anything else comes up in relation to that uh, to that story. The second thing needing to be addressed that uh, we didn't obviously have the information on before we recorded is the, the tragic passing of Francis Perron of the University of Ottawa, GG's. Francis passed away following their game on Saturday against U of T. And it's, you know, it's it's hard to put into a, into words all the thoughts and feelings that something like this bring about. Uh, by all accounts, Francis was an incredible young man. He'd been playing with the GG since 2017, twice an academic all-Canadian uh, me- mechanical engineering student. And then, of course, just all the contributions he played on the field for the GGs. It, our our hearts, our thoughts go out to to the family and friends and, and those affected by this, this this loss. This isn't just an Ottawa GGs loss. This is an OUA football loss. This is a, a U Sports football loss. This is a, a Canadian sports loss. And like, if there's any part we can play. In helping the recovery process for those who are hurting, um, you know, let us know. And if all we can do is continue to do what we do, um, then we will do that uh, as well, no doubt. But as I said, our, our hearts and thoughts go out to those um, affected by the loss of Francis Perron. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. We are now previewing week two in the OUA and we will start off with our game of the week. It is part one, I guess, or the first installment. We'll come up with something a little snippy of the Battle of Waterloo. Waterloo at Laurier, so one o'clock game. I think the biggest thing before we kind of get into the players, we talked about this on the review podcast from week one, of course, the kind of issue coming out of York with Laurier setting their vaccine mandates slightly different from the OUA. Um, I don't know for sure whether or not this is going to affect Waterloo at all. 
Um, so that's obviously going to be a big question mark in this one. We also saw in that last week, we saw Taylor Elgers might have to come in for Connor Caricello at quarterback. Um, so I'm not too sure. I'm liking Laurier at home on this one. Anything, what stands out for you? You're liking Laurier at home? I'm not sure I am th- I am liking Laurier at home on this <laughs> one. Let me repeat that for a third. I'm not sure I'm liking Laurier at home on this one. What what kind of performance do you think they're going to have to do to to get to steal the win in this one defense 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 i mean let's be honest we were all kind of a tale of two different stories let's say maybe in week one despite laurier coming out with was you know what maybe look from the outside as a large win um you know you're gonna go in with a rookie quarterback you know not great especially considering what we saw out of the waterloo defense from in week one um, but I think, you know, Laurier, it's kind of time, you know, the defense has to step up and it's going to be really hard against Trey Ford in this Waterloo offense. So, I mean, obviously they're going to need to try and keep it as a low scoring affair. Um, but I mean, if I'm being honest, I just don't see it happening. Maybe if Carousel was around, I would maybe think things differently, or at least I would be more open to the idea of a Laurier win. But, you know, I think it's going to be Waterloo in this one. Yeah, I'm going Waterloo as well. I could see it being tight early because kind of as we talked about with Waterloo, it seems like they're trying to not just be completely Trey Ford-centric um, as far as their offense is concerned, working Brandon Metz uh, at the running back position. Um, and yes, I do like a lot of the guys on this Laurier defense, but I, I just feel like uh, as the game goes on, it'll just get to a point where I think I think Waterloo will just pull away. You know, of course, Battle of Waterloo plenty of years where Waterloo's been the, the favorite and you know Laurier will win or, or vice versa so kind of has that same you know sprinkle of, of of magic pixie dust or whatever that when it's Toronto York or Carlton and Ottawa there is a bit of the sort of all bets are off but my bet is on for this one and I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Waterloo uh in this one um our next game we have Ottawa taking on Queens we uh you know, we talked about in a lot of the breakdowns of the games out of the East, whether it was Ottawa and Toronto, Queens and Carleton, that it seems like so far one week in that these teams are really evenly matched. And looking at this game especially, I, I think it's going to be a similar similar occurrence. Probably going to be a little low scoring would be my guess, but I, I think this will be a really evenly matched game. What are your thoughts, uh, first impressions, looking at this matchup? I think it's going to be really fascinating. I think... <laughs> it's funny because you know i'm about to say i think people are going to be really bullish uh, on queens because of the win at carlton you know i guess i was one of those people in the previous pod right but i think uh not so fast okay as lee corso would say let's be careful here because i know ottawa lost last week but they showed signs i agree with you that it's going to be a close game um but I think sort of the difference for me here is that Queen's defense. I really like what I saw out of them able to get pressure. I mean, we talked about Federico, but um, I was really impressed by some of those linebackers as well. You know, Braden Reed being one of them. You know, he had a pick as well as a sack. Walter Carabin, you know, a guy that I played with as well during my time there. And, you know, they look good. And I think they have the ability to to cause some problems. And if they were able to cause that Carlton offense some problems, then I think, you know, Ottawa might have some problems as well. It's going to be sort of the, I think, 
the two sort of stalwarts for that Ottawa offense. We talked about Dawson O'Day, and we obviously talked about Rodney Estimate. So, you know, Queens had better come in with a plan for those guys. I think it's going to be really tight, but I think it's going to be Queens. Well, I, uh, I, I'll make it interesting. I'll go with Ottawa in this one. Um, I really liked, as we mentioned in the preview or in the review of Week One, um, what we saw out of Ben Miracle. Um, and you know, you highlighting a guy like Estime and the, and then Dawson O'Day, J.P. Simmonkind, a bit of a slow week one for him, but you know, still getting used to being in a new system and having missed a year off of football. So I think that offense is slowly coming together. Um, and I, as we kind of highlight as well, I like a number of guys on that defense too. But overall, I I, I do think this is going to be a really competitive game. Um, and yeah, I, I I'll, I'll I'll stick with Ottawa on this one though to make it interesting for our purposes. Uh, our next game we have Carlton taking the trip to the six to take on the York Lions for York's home up opener. This one's interesting because as we mentioned in the York Laurier game, a lot of players missing for York who will no doubt be back in this one um, because the circumstances that revolved around them missing that Laurier game will move off of that for now. And a Carlton team that obviously lost against Queens and in the process of it was a, a little underwhelming. You know, they, but they looked all right. They no looked d- all right. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I, for me, I think I, maybe maybe I was too high on them going into this year, um, which can get you in trouble with Carlton sometimes because uh, they've been known to have, you know, really good teams on paper that don't always produce. Um, we don't need to go through too many CFL rosters to, to to bear that point out. Um, but I digress. I mean, I think this game for York is going to be massive just with the guys having missed that game and just the hunger they will have going into this game will be really interesting. But, you know, I think Tanner DeJong is going to look to bounce back off of a, a, a solid, not great performance, but I think they're looking to really prove a lot more. So uh, I'll, I'll take Carlton in this one in a game that, like I said, I think York will be super jacked up for, but I mean, Carlton can't lose this game. I mean, there's, I, well, I mean, maybe they could with how tight it could, but I, you know, 0-2 is not what Carlton wants this season to start off with, and I don't think they will. So I'm going Carlton in this one. Uh, I mean, it's interesting kind of looking at York. Obviously, you know, we're going to assume that those 11 guys are back for them, and <laughs> we need to see York play some complete competent football on offense and on special teams, you know, coming off a game with nine turnovers, I believe is, is it can only go up, right? Zach, as they say, it can (laughs) only go up for them. So, um, you know, I think they need to figure out that passing game as well. I mean, not spectacular from, from Craney. I think Brady Crow actually not looked bad for York. I wonder you know, if we'll see any kind of other quarterbacks enter the mix or if it'll just be Craney, but, you know, <laughs> it would be a real shock if York won this one. I think Carlton, you know, despite losing to Queens, I think they moved the ball well, maybe need to work a bit on that red zone offense. Um, I think it might be a tight, low-scoring game. Like I kind of mentioned in the previous pod, that York defense, I, I really kind of like what they did and sort of, you know, red zone in tight situations and I didn't necessarily like what Carlton did in those situations either so a bit of a strange matchup in in that sense but um you know I just I can in good conscience pick York after so you know what we saw last week and uh, I hope they turn around and make it uh, a close game 
Absolutely. I, I know. So I think we're on agreement in that one. And you mentioned some of the guys on that defense for York, or at least just as a group. And with Coach Ockbro calling the defense for them as well, you know, that's definitely going to be, uh, I would say that will be the strong suit for them this year. It will be that defense for them. Moving to the nightcap, our last game of the week, we have the Western Mustangs coming off a great start of the season, beating Mac, traveling to Guelph to take on my former team, the Guelph Griffins, at Alumni Stadium. The nightcap, a 6 p.m. game, for first game for Guelph of the season. Um, you know, not too much. Uh, I don't have too much of a read on this team going into this year. We've definitely talked a lot through the offseason of some of the guys they lost defensively. Obviously, Tavius Robinson now being an NCAA player uh, down in the States. Job Reinhardt uh, graduating. Um, a number of other guys that I'm sure I'm forgetting. Um, Elaine Simonkinda, JP's brother, of course, being in the league right now. But A.J. Allen returning after getting drafted into the CFL is going to be huge for them defensively. And this is a team that's always hung their hat on the defensive side of things. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not too, too worried about what they'll be able to do there. I mean, the linebacker core should be really stout for them as well. Returning Jared Beeksma, Justin Lauzon had an incredible first year uh, for them. Um but for me, I think the biggest question will be like the biggest, the question that's been hovering over Guelph for most of a decade now, uh, which is the quarterback position. Um, I don't have a read on this. Uh, Whoa, a- shots at Jazz Lindsay there, Zach. What's up with that? <laughs> I have nothing but love for Jazz Lindsay. Um, but no, I better part of half a decade, we'll say, where perhaps it's been a little precarious there. Um, the sort of post Stu Lang era of, of okay. Griffin's football. Let me let me reframe it like that. Nothing but love for Jazz Lindsay. Nothing but love for James Roberts. Nothing but love for Theo Landers too. But he, you know, could have done could have been better for them there. Um, some of the names at quarterback. Uh, you're familiar with uh, any of these guys they got coming in this year, or in this QB room? Yeah, familiar. Familiar is a good word, but it's it's hard to get a, a read out of this camp. You know. <laughs> As I kind of mentioned, as I did with Queens, I'm kind of peering into the Guelph Instagram, dissecting the videos, who they got, who's throwing the ball in the videos. But I, I can't I couldn't tell you for sure. I know they brought in the kid, Michael Warner, who was a highly touted guy, you know, was part of the last year's class. So actually, you know, technically this would be his second year in school. So he's already had a year sort of with the Griffins. He's not necessarily a, a true rookie in that sense. And then sort of you know, from my perspective, if I had to guess, the other guy would be Ettore Cassati. You know, he's one of those French guys. Obviously, Coach Rye having those French connect- connections, having grown up in Montreal. You know, Adam Sinagra was a Sajep guy coming from Montreal. So, I mean, looking into that dynamic, maybe I would go with Cassati. I mean, he's the older guy. I know that, you know, those French guys. But um, I can't really put my hat on it. And I think it does come down to that, Zach. And I think you look at this Guelph team, they're sort of, <laughs> I don't know if I should call them the anti-Waterloo, but sort of the opposite issue there where the defense has been outstanding for a few years and sort of that offense has been the thing that's kind of held them back. I mean, obviously having an offensive-minded coach like Rashan, you know, look at the things he's done at Calgary producing at Crane winners. I mean, there's no kind of question in his ability to develop a quarterback and you know, he, now that he's got his guys in there, yeah, let's see if he's able to do it, right? Well, and I think ton of pressure is on that guy, as you mentioned, Coach Shan, because 
you know, as we mentioned, quarterback is is a bit of a mystery for us until we see the fifty five man roster and who takes the field for them. But the skill position, like they're ready to go. Like you look at some of the receivers, guys like AJ Chase, who's been there for a number of years, Clark Barnes, who had an incredible rookie season for them, and he's going to be deadly as a return as he was in his first year. Keandre Smith, and then in the backfield, you know, a veteran like Richard Morris. We saw Kane Stevenson have a great year in twenty nineteen. Juwan Jeffrey keep improve, kept improving as well. So. I think, as you mentioned, Shan's known as a quarterback guy, and he's now had time to build this team in sort of the image of his style of coaching. So, you know, maybe you can chalk up in the first couple of years while well, he's he's using the players on the team that were kind of given to him, but he's now been able to build this team. So I, I think there's a lot of pressure on this team for his sake as, uh, you know, his you know, reputation as this quarterback whisperer to get it right. And, you know, he's brought in some of his guys and... This will be a, I think this will be a, a big year for him, um, not just with his team. So I, I think it's a similar story in Guelph where defensively should be pretty solid. Some good skill position guys. I mean, if you were watching the CFL last week, we saw what Kean Schaefer Baker is able to do at the next level. Sure didn't look like what he did at Guelph, which, you know, once again, speaks to some of the precarious nature, the precarious nature of that offense and that quarterback position over the last few years. But of course, we're not just setting up this Guelph team for the season. It's specifically in the context of this matchup against Western. And as I said, I think I underrated the Purple Ponies going into this year. Um, and, and as we kind of took away, the big takeaway was just the performance of their offensive and defensive lines. You know, being able to get pressure without blitzing and being able to get their running back space to pick up big yardage, um, you know, four or five yards before first contact. So I, I have a lot of faith in a guy like A.J. Allen at linebacker for them and some of those other guys that we mentioned. The defensive line, not as stout as it had been in years past for Guelph. So I, I think this could be another good day for the Mustangs. And, uh, you know, no, no no lost love between these two teams. And uh, I don't think Greg Marshall will ever forget the 2015 Yates. Uh, I think every game against Guelph is an opportunity to uh, avenge that loss. Um, so I and don't forget Zach. Yeah, we were, the, we were the only team to beat you that year. Don't forget you. Yeah, no. So <laughs> if so, I guess that makes you. So you guys are better. So you guys were the second best team in the OUA in 2015. Then you're the only. Like, I mean, that's I don't know. Like maybe I should have a Yates <laughs> Cup ring. I mean, we beat you guys. So. <laughs> don't if you say Yates Cup rings three times, the ghost of Dakota Vine will pop up on the podcast <laughs> to make fun of us. So let let let's be careful with that one. But um. Uh, I'm 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 gonna bet against my heart in this one. I'm gonna take the Mustangs uh, getting the win at Guelph. Where, where, where are you thinking with this one? I mean, Zach, I don't know how any rational person, oh, you know, it watches that game against against Mac, yeah, and says, you know, I'm gonna pick against these guys. I don't like West. No, man, like. Uh, I think, you know, maybe uh, Guelph will have a better time against a rushing attack. Like you mentioned, those linebackers, they've been known to sort of, they don't usually get kind of um, lit up like that in the running game over the years. So I think, you know, it'll probably be a bit closer, but I mean, I just have too many questions sort of at the quarterback position. You know, they have all those guys, but, you know, I don't, (laughs) I definitely don't feel them picking them against Western. Yeah. Um, until I see what they got from the quarterback position. So interested to see what they come up with. 
but definitely picking Weston in this one. Yeah, not not all positions in football are created equally in their importance. So we can wax poetic about all the things we like about this team, but until we have any certainty that there's going to be average to above average performance from the quarterback position, I think that's the right assessment. And you know, kind of going a little off script, off script here. You know, mentioning like. Can Guelph's defense be the thing that slows them down? Like, I, obviously, I got a lot of love in my heart for Coach Michael McDonald coaching up the O line there, and, and faith that he'll do a good job in being able to slow down that defensive line and, and, and the pressure they bring. But you know, we're both picking Western in this one. Then they take on Laurier the week after. They're back at home. Not to spoil any predictions, I'm gonna go ahead and say I think that's a Western W. Then their next game is home against Windsor. And then it's not till the following week that they take on Waterloo, and then they end the season with Windsor as well. So, oh man, Waterloo, let's uh, let's hope you're everything that we think you are and more. Because uh, if not, this could just be a uh, you know uh, uh, rinse, lather, and repeat for the Western Mustangs. Um, obviously, repeat not in a literal sense because they wouldn't be repeating, but just as far as you know, putting up six and zero or something close like to an undefeated season could be in the cards for them. But that remains to be seen. Uh, any other notes going into this week? Uh, anything you're, you're really excited for uh, in particular? Well, I mean, it's easy to kind of have our reactions after week one. Yeah. But, you know, let's remember, you know, it's only one game after all. But I think, you know, some inter- interesting pictures were painted in that week. And uh, I'm interested to see how, how these teams develop and how they adjust, right? I mean, they haven't really had any film of each other for two years. Yeah. So... I mean, the preparation, I feel teams are going to feel a lot better about that this time around. And, you know, we'll see how they adjust. Absolutely. Well, that'll wrap it up for us here on the week two preview pod. Make sure you are absolutely following us on our socials, the 55 podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We will be live tweeting on the games, the ones we are at and the ones we are just covering from the comfort of our homes. Uh, you know, follow us on Facebook even as well. If uh, if you're still into the, the 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 Zuckerberg thing over there, check out the website. You know, if you read the uh, the breakdown for this week, you know we kind of do storylines on the blogs as well for what to expect looking into this week. And uh, you know, if you're going to Battle of Waterloo, I'm expecting to be there as well. So make sure you say what's up when you're there. And as always, visit the website as well for any merchandise you want to get, which of course not only supports the brand but supports Stella's place a non-profit that supports young people dealing with their mental health so always trying to help them out as best we can but with that being said enjoy week two and we'll see you next week at the 55. <laughs>